In this episode, dangerous church work, the Jesus agenda, and how to say no with grace. This is the 1010 Life Podcast. Live to the full in body, beliefs, and business. Here's your host, Paul B. Evans. Hey, I'm on the road. You might hear a little road noise, a little bit different in the quality of this audio, but hopefully the message will get through loud and clear. Listen, it's dangerous in church work. People don't often talk about the subject that I'm about to hit, but I'm not going to shy away from it. I'm going to go ahead and hit it head on. One of the most dangerous aspects of being a minister or a staff member on a church, or maybe even becoming a new member of a church, is that you get invited over to people's houses to eat. Now, they believe that this is their opportunity to make for you culinary delights of which you've never seen or heard before. Occasionally, they'll ask you what you like, but I need to give you a warning with this and listen loud and clear. When you tell them what it is that you eat, you need to be incredibly direct or else they will hear your favorite meal as a list of ingredients rather than actually what you want to eat. For example, somebody says, Paul, hey, we'd love for you to come over to dinner. What do you like? Well, I like hamburgers. Chances are pretty high that I'm going to get meatloaf because it has hamburger in it. Instead, I've got to say, I like to have hamburgers. I'm talking about patties with a bun and ketchup and mustard only unless we add bacon to the mix. you got to be direct. A few years ago when I was in youth ministry, actually more than a few years ago now, I was invited over to the leader's home. One of the leaders was hosting. There were about, about 15 of us there. And I looked on the table because I was scared to death. Right when I got there, I wanted to find out what we were having because I knew there'd be a lot of things that I would not eat. But the good news was they had roast, mashed potatoes, green beans, dinner rolls, plenty that I would eat. I was super excited about it. I knew I was going to make it through the night unscathed and without embarrassing myself too much by saying I don't like that. What I didn't know was that the hostess was going to try to strong arm me with a casserole. Now, I don't eat casseroles. In fact, I don't not only do not not eat foods that are mixed together, I don't like my foods to touch. When I loaded my plate up, with my roast beef and my mashed potatoes and my green beans, I made sure that they didn't touch. I would have loved for them to have one of the plates with the little compartment pieces in it, but they didn't have that. But I was able to arrange my meal just so. It was not touching. Everything was going to be just right, and I was pretty pumped about it, pretty excited about it. Well, the hostess says, Paul, you didn't get any of my squash casserole. I said, well, I don't care for squash casserole. She said, well, you need to eat my squash casserole. Well, no, ma'am, I don't really care about squash casserole. I don't, I don't really like it. Have you ever had it? No, but it's a casserole, and so I don't care to participate. She said, well, you need to try my squash casserole because it doesn't taste like squash. Well, by then, you know, I kind of lost a little bit. I said, so if it doesn't taste like squash, why did you make it? She scooped it up, put it on my plate, touching my roast beef and green beans, dust contaminating them, and making the whole meal completely inedible. So I'm just I'm, I'm not going to be able to eat. She said, well, you need to try that squash casserole. I said, you can put it on my plate, but I'm not eating it. I'm not trying it. She stuck her fork in the squash casserole, held it up to my mouth. I went, mm-mm, 
Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Just like a little kid would do. Mm-mm. She got just a, a tiny bit on the tip of the fork. She pressed it up to my lips and forced it in. She said, see, that doesn't taste like squash, does it? I said, no, it doesn't taste like squash. I don't know what it tastes like, and I'm not eating any more of it. Listen, it's dangerous out there, people. It's dangerous because you're going to always have other people with an expectation on your behavior. And you might be thinking, well, Paul, you just need to swallow that, need it, and be polite. Well, maybe so, but that's not the way that it went down. But I'm not alone in this. Jesus even had to deal with those expectations, what people wanted him to do. Uh, In Mark chapter 1, he shows up to the synagogue on the Sabbath, and he heals a guy who is demon-possessed. Well, people didn't like that. It was the Sabbath day. Then he went home to Peter's mother-in-law. She's sick with a fever. He heals her on the Sabbath. She gets up and makes them something to eat. That night, the entire town, all of the sick and all the demon-possessed show up, and he heals them. I'd say he had a pretty full day for a Sabbath day. Pretty big work day for the Sabbath. Well, Scripture says that early the next morning, a long while before daylight, Jesus got up, went out to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Well, when the disciples woke up, they went and looked for him. Simon finally found him and said, Where have you been? Everyone is looking for you. Have you ever felt that pressure of expectation, that pressure of everybody's depending on you, everybody's looking for you, everybody wants you to behave in a certain way, everybody has this expectation on your life? Lord, where have you been? Everybody's looking for you. And Jesus' answer is classic. He says, then let us go somewhere else, to the next village, the next town, to preach the gospel because that is the reason that I've come. He was very centered on his purpose, very centered on what he was supposed to be about, very centered on what step he was to take next. It's pretty good focus, right? The menu was laid out for him. The menu, Jesus, this is the expectation. Here's what you're supposed to eat. Here's how you're supposed to behave today. Listen, there's people still wanting you, people still clamoring for you. Remember Johnny that you healed last night who was, who was maimed? He's, he's now able to, to walk. He wants you to sign his mat. He wanted to hang his mat up on the wall as a memorial. Hey, you remember blind Joe that was there yesterday? You healed him. He's got his sight. He wants you to come and tell his people about it. You got to come and share this story. You know, so there are a lot of people clamoring for him, a lot of people who wanted his attention, and maybe there were even a few more that had heard who had come to town and wanted to be healed, but Peter said, everybody's looking for you. Jesus says, let us go somewhere else, because he knew what he was about. When we're living with purpose, when we're living with focus, when we're living under the direction and under the mission that we know that we're supposed to be about, then we get to say no, and we get to say no with grace. We're not being belligerent. We're not being mean. We're not being rude. We just need to be able to say, you know what? This isn't the season for that right now, or, or today's not the day for that. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm not trying to, to act like I'm better than, but I've got something that I'm supposed to be about. Jesus said, let us go somewhere else, not to escape the crowd, not to simply say no, but to fulfill his purpose. When we know our purpose, 
then we can control the menu of the day or the week or the month or the year a lot more effectively. So let's get focused. Let's be about the Father's business, doing those things that we know that we need to do. Jesus' agenda was all about the Father's business. Let's focus on that as well, and we're going to live life to the full. Visit us online, www.the1010.life.com. www.the1010.life. I said .com earlier. That was ridiculous. Just .life. Be blessed.